0: This is the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Balotta from SingleInTheCity.ca, Toronto's News. Today's talk, 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show, where we bring you the latest tips and expert advice on all things dating and relationships. I'm your host, Laura Bellata founder of SingleInTheCity.ca, joined tonight by my co-host, philanthropist and media personality, Joan Kelly-Walker. Hello, you're Hi, everyone. back. I'm so happy
0: to have you here Yay. two weeks in a row. I know it's amazing.
1: <laughs> Thank you. I thought i thought of you for this show because I you're a philanthropist. You're always about giving back. And our guest tonight is, is also similar to you. She loves to give it back as well. She is a true hero who has faced quite a bit of adversity in her life. She's a firefighter out of Ajax, Ontario a fitness pro, a survivor of an ongoing toxic relationship with her mother, and a selfless organ donor who saved a young man's life a few years back. So I want you guys to listen in as we delve into her experiences and learn how she overcame life's toughest challenges while simultaneously fighting fires and saving lives, and how you can apply some of these lessons to your life. Tonight, we'll be having some real talk about letting go of toxic relationships finding confidence again after changes, and the importance of giving back. It's going to be an inspirational show that you won't want to miss. So guys, keep listening so you can see how you can apply some of these lessons to your life. And thank you so much for joining us tonight. Nadine, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. How is everyone? We are fantastic. Good. So just um, for a little backstory, I met Nadine last year. Our boyfriends are actually friends. And I took an immediate liking to her. Uh, After telling me her story, I thought, wow, this woman inspires me. And that's not that easy to do. Hence why she's here today. And she can inspire all of you at home, too. So hi. Okay, let's get started. Um,
0: So I've been kind of fascinated by the fact that you're a firefighter. And I'm wondering, how did you pull that experience into uh, being prepared for all the things you've had to handle and juggle? Um,
2: well, for starters, when we're on calls, we kind of have to put a strong face forward. Um, meaning, you know, we can't let our emotions get to us, uh, but yet we, we are still human. So it does still happen, but we're, we're able to focus on the task at hand. And then once the call is finished, then that could be the time where we would talk to our, um, our fellow shift mates if we need to, or if we need to, um, digest something a little bit different, if it's, uh, if it's actually hurting our hearts with certain things that we've dealt with, um, there's, there's different support systems that, that, uh, you know, we can reach out to, um, but also, uh, with basically the, the ongoing change of not knowing what's going to happen, you do have to be mentally strong in order to, uh, basically to survive your your daily shifts or your
1: your 24-hour shifts. You definitely are that. And I know that you, when we spoke, you were telling me about how you had a, or you have a toxic relationship with your mom. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Like what it was like? And I believe you actually cut ties with her, which is really hard to do because you can't really choose your family. You can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. And I know there there are a lot of people that would love to cut ties with one parent or the other. Um, so how did, like, yeah, maybe you want to tell us a little bit about that.
2: Um, okay, sure. Um, growing up, um, I was always uh, an excellent student. I was always on the honor roll. I always, uh, every every night after, After, you know, public school or high school, I was always doing a different activity. I was a very busy, busy young kid, um, but I was always told I could do better no matter what I did. So um, being on the honor roll and then the dean's list in high school and then um, being very successful in my fitness career, again, I was always told that I could, I could, (laughs) I could do better. So, or basically what I did wasn't good enough um, that was more so my teenage years. And then when I came into my twenties, um, any type of relationship that I had, if I didn't, uh, pop out a kid or (laughs) become pregnant, then again, I wasn't good enough. And I was considered selfish because all I cared about was going to the gym, keeping myself healthy and not, um, gaining baby weight, so to speak. So, um, yeah, um, it, it was, it was always very it was very tough because nowadays honestly what 20 year old is having a child so I got on um I got on the fire department when I was 23 um and then I got my first house when I was 26 uh and then I just focused on you know trying to get set in my career and um being one of the only females uh it was that was a tough journey to begin with and then dealing with um really crappy calls. Sometimes I was told by my family basically just to suck it up. That's your job. That's what you're told to do. And basically just go to work and then do your job and come home. So again, that was a, that was a tough way to deal with. Cause if you don't have that support system from what you should have the support system from your family. Um, and it, it kind of closes your mind and your, your heart to try and be a little bit more hard. Um, but, uh, about the the toxic, I guess it kind of goes all over the place. Um, I would get called on to do home rentals or anything like that for my family at the drop of a dime um, or to help them out. And I would honestly drop everything possible, use my vacation to go help family. And uh, it just seems like I was only asked to do that, but never really asked to just come and hang out. So, uh, a lot of times if, uh, you know, if I was in a relationship, one of my relationships ended and, um, just say, if my mom liked that person, she would tell me I left, so to speak, like my man in his time of need. Meanwhile, uh, what about my need? (laughs) Um, and, uh, she's like basically disowned me for a couple of years, uh, because she didn't, um, she liked the person better than, I guess she liked me. So, uh. That's why I struggled a lot in my early twenties just to um I guess kind of survive without having that the motherly love support that you think you would have. Um, like I said, when I bought my first house, my uh my dad and my grandmother kinda of dragged her down and she sat on the couch and put a pillow over her face or kept sunglasses on and then um, she went outside and just sat in the truck. So I made a big dinner and just because I ended a relationship with somebody that uh, I basically had no choice to end it for my own safety. So, but apparently I left them in their time of need, but nothing to do with my own or safety. So that's kind of roughly how how it started. And um, I would get door slammed in my face. I would get uh, shoved in the hallway. My uh, pictures on the wall at my parents' house would be taken down and replaced with my ex. Um, and that really hurt. And I would, uh, I kind of question, you know, a little bit about it after a while. Um, like why that's happening. And my, the response would be, well, this is my, my house. I can do what I want. So I'm like, yeah, you're right. Um, but when I came down to it, uh, when I made the, the decision to kind of walk away is I needed to focus on my daughter and her happiness and her seeing her mom happy. And, uh, Yes. So I made the choice. So I I told her that um, she's going to be missing out on a lot and that I won't be taking, you know, three hours out of my day to drive up there to go visit. Meanwhile, I was treated like crap. So but she still has a relationship relationship
1: with your ex, though. So she still gets to see your daughter, correct? Doesn't your ex take your daughter there? And and doesn't he stay there for days sometimes, which is quite stays
2: there for weekends, he goes up there on his birthday. It's unbelievable it's uh it's it's really gross and um but uh i i never never stopped uh, yeah my family from seeing my daughter but i just needed to protect myself uh because i was uh, a lot of times i was in tears i was i was hurt um i couldn't keep a smile on my face anymore i couldn't fake it um and uh my daughter was pretty young but She's uh, turning six now, and she goes up there on every family occasion, every Christmas, every Easter. And uh, I don't get my family, but he does.
1: Nadine, we, do, we need to take a quick break now. Um, but when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Nadine Young. Uh, we're going to talk about you know, how she dealt with external pressures and um, the importance of taking care of your mental health as well when we come back. Stay with us.
0: Relationship show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Vellata. I'm here with Joan Kelly Walker tonight and our special guest, Nadine Young. In this segment, we'll be talking about lots of stuff, but (laughs) primarily how to deal with external pressure and take care of our mental health. Yeah. And, you know, Nadine, before the break,
0: you were sharing some very personal information about all of these external pressures. And that's a really difficult journey. And it's a really difficult thing to share. Um, so, So I guess my question is, like, how do you feel now? And once you get to this point, I'm sure there's a lot of people listening thinking, you know, I should probably make changes, but I've been afraid or I don't know what to do. What do you suggest that people do to break free if they're feeling similar pressures in their own life?
2: Um, well, to be honest, I actually did have a break myself um, just dealing with stuff, with, with work, with past calls, with um, family, with my mother. Uh, I, uh, I needed help. So, um, it took a lot of, mm, took a lot of courage, I guess, from inside me to realize that I needed it. So I basically, I started going to my, went to my family doctor. I talked to them about it. I always work out to try and keep my body healthy, my
1: heart healthy. But when that, that you have- do this late, this lady has no, like not one like, <laughs> iota of body fat. Like her stomach is flatter than, I don't know. I'm like, what is that? She goes, it's skin. Sorry. (laughs) I'm eating strawberries right now because I'm, we're interviewing her and I, I, I'm on, I, I'm on a diet after seeing her. Okay. Go ahead. Sorry.
2: Um, One thing that, you know, I realize now is, you know, people go to the gym, they work out, they eat healthy. But one thing we don't focus on is keeping our brains healthy. Which is a it's a big thing. So it's kind of like um, I do see a, I, I do see a therapist, and um, they on a regular basis, and they they do they help me out. And uh, you know, if we focus on keeping our body healthy, we do have a mind too that we have to keep healthy. And it took it honestly took a um, a big downward spiral um, within my heart and my mind in order to know that I needed that help.
0: you're doing the work.
2: It takes work. Holy does it. And I tell you, like, when you do your therapist appointment after, you know, that one hour, like you're so emotionally, wow, you're done after that. So, So it's sometimes it's even harder doing that. And you're just sitting there talking to somebody, but it's work, you have work that you have to do at home. There's, you know, there's homework, so to say, like, so to speak, just to try and keep your your brain healthy and not to go, you know, in a different
0: direction.
1: That's not healthy for anybody. And you also mentioned too that your mother used to constantly ask you about having kids. Yep. I think as early as what, 20 or something. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Yep. And then obviously you finally did have a child like at the age of, I believe 35 or something like that. Yeah. Uh, But she was, constantly harping on you right now I know that there are a lot of people that go through this as well and it's it's a really tough question for anyone who's struggling with infertility or just doesn't feel ready to start a family or maybe you have how about this you didn't meet the right person to have a family with (laughs) or you just made a choice not to some people just make that decision and that's all good. And I think it makes a lot of sense to just have an open and honest conversation with the person like your mother about her comments or questions and how they make you feel uh, and that maybe you appreciate her support and love um, and that, you know, but she needs to respect your choices because it's your reproductive system, right? It's your body.
0: And but,
2: your life and your financial situation and your, like, it's your future,
1: right? Yes. Yeah, so how did you approach her? Did you, I'm sure you approached her with kindness at first. And is there any?
2: Always. I've never disrespected her. I've never said anything rude to her. I've always bit my tongue. I've never retaliated. I I, I just break down. I honestly, I would break down and, and uh, be, you can see it in my face. I would just go silent.
1: But and Nadine, would... do you think if maybe you did retaliate, things would be a little bit different? Because I know that my relationship with my mother hasn't always been the best. And she treats me a little differently now. I would put my foot down and I would just not go back and visit her. And, and I, I started be, being a little bit rude to her. And honestly, she changed her tune. I mean, it took a while, but she did change her tune because she realized that if she started in with me, that I would just quickly leave and not come back.
2: I did do that, but I also did that with my daughter and, uh, um, that didn't stop. It didn't stop anything. Cause she still got what she wanted because she immediately was one-on-one and contacted with my ex and,
1: uh, there they go. She probably <laughs> so did that got- on purpose. Thinking yeah, about yeah. it now, oh yeah, she probably yeah. did that just to get oh, it, a lot of you. it
2: was, a lot of it was done. Um, just, a just to hurt me because um she felt i was i was making the wrong choice because it wasn't her choice but i was miserable i was hating my world my home life and you can't you can't raise a child you cannot raise a child with anger with frustration with with hate in your home they need to see love they need to see respect and there was
0: none in my home there was none you can't put expectations on anyone, even if it's your child. Like I think a mother daughter relationship is always very close, but you can't put expectations on your mother or on your daughter. Nope. You can't put expectations on anyone. All you can control is yourself. So, you know, for her to do that is like, where would, like, I I can't help but wonder where did that come from? It must've come from her parents, her
2: her situation. she, She was raised really well. Um, I was I'm told by by friends and um, people that are very close to me that uh, a lot of the times it could be a, a jealousy factor because I've always worked, I've always strived for the highest that I could, more so to try and impress her. So you know, she'll say, "You know, you've done good, I'm proud of you, but I don't think
0: I've ever heard that. So it's hard you can't have that conversation with her.
2: Um, I, I've tried. I, I've asked her to support me. I begged her to support me, actually, while I've been in tears because I'm having a hard time. Like, I'm really, really, have, I was having a hard time, and I begged for her support. And um, uh, what did she say? She goes, I hope I get COVID and die so I don't have to deal with this. That was her response when I begged for her her support. And I'm like, wow. what?
1: It sounds like she, got, she has oh, well, some underlying mental issues
2: locked herself in the bathroom and turned on the water or she another time when I tried to talk to her, I got the, the blender was turned on with nothing in it. So it would be noise. And I'm like, can you please talk to me like an adult? Like I'm here to talk to you, but Nope.
1: I want to bring it back to our mental health a little bit, because I feel like you're still going through some of the crap. How do you deal with, when you are feeling overwhelmed or really stressed out, how do you motivate yourself to prioritize your own mental health and well-being?
2: I'm still learning how to do that, to be honest. Um, <laughs> there, <laughs> there are lists that I've looked up online um, on things to do just for you, and, you know, it could be just as simple as listen to some music or go for a walk or take your dogs out for a walk or get a workout. I'm like, check, 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 check. But it's still not helping. <laughs> um, but having a good support system in your own home and your family with
0: your partner is the yes. big, 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 yes. big. And with your girlfriends, with your friends. I mean, friends are the best support network ever. Yeah. And they
2: have, uh, they've stood by me, even my coworkers, my shift mates. Um, they are, they'll, they'll send you messages and check in on you just like, you know, they're, they're your family, right? You're, it's not your blood family, but it's your work family. And then you have your home family that still isn't even your blood. It's your partner. And, uh, to have that support is key. And, and uh, when you're able just to sit down and talk to them, you're not being judged, you're not being told what to do, you're just they're they're just present and that right. is you don't
1: need the extra added stress at home, that is for sure. Okay, when we come back as we're taking a break right now, we're gonna continue our conversation with Nadine Young and discuss the topic of body positivity.
0: Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca. Toronto's news, today's talk, 640 Toronto.
1: It's Sunday night, you're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show. I'm Laura Bellotta with my beautiful friend, Joan Kelly Walker. Thank you. And our guest for this evening, Nadine Young, turning our conversation to loving your body. And yes, the body that you have, actually the body that the two of you ladies have. Earlier in the show, we mentioned how you did something really special for a coworker. After learning of your colleague's son's battle with liver cancer, you made a decision that had a big impact. You donated 70% of your liver to help him survive. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. This left a big scar. I saw it. You showed it to me, which is a big change to your body. How did Mm -hmm. you get that positive, like that body positivity back? or recover after something that alters your appearance like that?
2: Um, knowing that the outcome, that I could give somebody else the opportunity to thrive in their life the way that they're supposed to.
0: Had you ever thought about being an organ donor previous to that?
2: No, I didn't even know it really existed, to be honest. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, we're, we're all at work. Um, I was on shift, and I found out, kind of like through coffee talk that we have in the morning that um, one of my coworkers, his son um, needed, he put out like a plea for help uh, basically to the um, international association of firefighters so that there was like a kind of like a letter um, basically pleading for help. If anyone would, you know, put forth um, to uh, potentially be chosen to be a donor for his son. So, Um, and, and it was for a liver and I'm like, I, you know, I didn't even really think about it. I'm like, don't we need it? (laughs) But it grows back. Obviously it regenerates. And then I'm like, all right, I'm in. So I, uh, I filled out all that, um, like 17 pages of paperwork. Um, you had to know, obviously your blood type, your blood type had to match first and I donate blood all the time. So I'm, I think I'm over like 70 donations. Um, I started when I was young, so I already knew my blood type, and um, uh, I start. I filled out the paperwork, and then um, they send a message back, basically saying, "You know, thank you for your application. You know, if you're if you're selected for his best choice, then um, you'll get a phone call." So I got the phone call. <laughs> How does that feel? That's that's quite a phone call. It was a holy moment i'm just uh, honestly yeah Uh, i I was actually in the back of the truck and i got a message from dispatch they sent me a one of the ladies like we all have each other's phone numbers and they said someone from toronto general hospital is trying to get a hold of you they called dispatch then they called my phone and then um i called back and they said you know would you still be interested in, in going through with this and i was just like uh yes (laughs) right and and uh the you know the month and a half to two months of the process of all the testing um that played a big big emotional stressful wow it was just a big impact um more so than the surgery on trying to figure out
0: can I do this and how did your your friends and family react like your mom aside uh, and your daughter's young, so it probably didn't really she probably didn't really understand, but uh, your friends mm-hmm. I'm sure had great concerns they honestly, for you. How did you deal with that?
2: Uh, well they said, Of course you are. Of course you are. Oh, you're the you're out of you know, anyone they could think of. Of course you would be doing it. And I'm like, what is that supposed to mean? <laughs> they said you could run in front of a bus for somebody else to save their lives. And I'm like, Okay, yeah, probably. Um, but I had great support everybody was very proud of me which uh, meant the world so um, and I'll tell you my family was not they uh, (laughs) quite the opposite actually Um, the body image part um, I was told to that I could I would I was told I should be covering, I should cover up because I'll have an ugly scar and I should never wear a bikini again. And I'm like, huh? What? I'm like, um, no, actually I'm going to sport that. Like (laughs) nobody's that is a
1: badge of honor.
2: Oh my God. And to be told I had to cover up because I'd have an
1: ugly scar. Like who says that? Everybody has scars. Every, everybody. That's one thing I've learned. Like getting older is, nobody is perfect. And I think back to the guys I dated, and they all had some sort of scar somewhere. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I also have scars, I'm not perfect. So we can't expect other people to be perfect either. It's just, there's no such thing. But I know that your mother gave you such a hard time to cover up and all that. Was there ever a moment where you're like, oh, yeah, like, she's getting to me and look at this scar. It's so ugly. And Oh, no, they, did she ever really get to you when she said those things?
2: Um, when she Yeah, yeah, because I was just I was shocked. I was in awe. Um, uh, But I still did it. So <laughs> <laughs> um, and one thing that the doctor did, and I didn't even expect it, because the scar for a liver donor is supposed to be like a hockey stick. So it's supposed to go down your center and scooch out to the side, like a hockey stick. So my surgery was supposed to be like five and a half hours. And it was actually over eight um, because he made that incision smaller. And I was honestly, I was, I was ready to be sliced and diced for sure. (laughs) But, uh, it like, it wasn't a worrisome at the beginning because, you know, doing the fitness competitions and always, you know, your appearance is a big deal. And, uh, But then I'm like, no, no, man, this is, this is a big deal. So throw everything out to do something as remarkable that somebody could possibly do. And then you have a reminder on, you know, your person that you did something pretty cool.
0: You did something amazing. So, and you know, you strike me as a fairly modest person and you've had some media around this. I think I saw, Saw something online about there was a, a plaque or a tree planted or something in your honor for doing this um and so you've got a bit of notoriety around this how are you or are you using that notoriety to inspire other people and to say look I did it it didn't make me crumble it, it made it empowered me like how are is this how you're sharing that message
2: um well
0: to be honest
2: um Toronto General Hospital the people there have contacted me in order to Help other potential donors and walk them through. And I've helped three kidney transplant donors and uh, uh, one liver. So uh, just you know, tell them my story and, and um, you know how it affected me and how it affected possibly my daughter. Um, one of the things is uh, that I struggled with, but I was okay with near the end. Is um, what if because uh, it, it? What if I die on the table? Is she gonna be okay? So um that was one of the things I mostly struggled with. But when I I came to the to the um I guess realization that she'll be okay. I got extra life insurance just in case. <laughs> but just um knowing that uh or proving and showing that you know you can still live your healthy life afterwards and you make that big impact on someone else's life like uh the it was the way that the donor uh, the surgery worked out it was mother's day and then um, um it was donor day and the next day was my birthday so we just passed an anniversary and uh um and i have never taken off this little necklace thing that my recipient gave me
1: since the time i donated so but you are such a hero. This story is so <laughs> incredible, honestly. Beautiful. But the uh, I, I need the to run out of donate something now. I do. I feel like inspired. See, I told you she was inspirational. Stay tuned as we dive deeper into our last segment with Nadine about the importance of giving back.
0: Listening to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellada from singleinthecity.ca, Toronto's news. Today's talk, 640 Toronto.
1: Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show. You're listening to AM640 Toronto. I'm Laura Bellada with Joan Kelly Walker, and we're continuing our conversation with firefighter and inspirational Nadine Young. <laughs> so let's jump right back into our uh, final segment and talk about the importance of giving back. You made the decision to donate part of your liver to your colleague's son, which was amazing and it had life changing results for him. Why do you think it's important to give back to other people, especially like right now in today's society?
2: Um, I find kind of with social media, everybody is.
1: Could be fake. I don't know, but everyone's so into. Oh, themselves. there's a lot of that going on. You are correct. Are you? I don't <laughs> yep. think I saw you on social media. Are you? Because we'll yeah, ask for your I, handles at the end, but
2: yeah, um, I just, I, uh, I just find everyone could be either. I don't know. We, we all have our own choices, right? So, um, in my opinion, people could be better for other people or be nicer towards other people. um um, but again you don't have to give you know body parts away (laughs) you can give your time and like i mentioned your time is valuable as well whether it's just um taking the time to hold the door open a little bit longer for somebody who's slowly walking up or um seeing somebody accidentally trip or fall and pulling your car right over and stopping and helping them and lifting them up and putting them in their car and unpacking their groceries for them. Uh, that's probably going a little too extreme, but I've done that. So uh,
1: I, just, I would do that too. I, I don't even think I would, it, I would question it. I think I would just run over to help.
2: Yeah. And that's in my nature. And then you see some people just step on over and uh, yeah, it's, you just shake your head. It's just like, we're all here for a reason and we're all put on this earth. So why not try and, you know, make someone else's day better. Make, make a couple minutes of their life better. Smile at them, like do a little thing, you know, just to make somebody appreciate that they're here. Right. Cause you never know who's having a really shitty day or a really crappy time in their, You know, it could be in their home life or in their family or in their work and just having a stranger show that you care just for that little moment can actually change someone's mindset to know that they're worth it too. So,
0: so do you still have a relationship with your liver recipient and his I family? Do. You
2: actually, do. Yeah. Um, I do. He actually just sent me a, a beautiful uh, bouquet of uh, flowers to my house. Um, and with a, a lovely note and I, you know, we send little messages back and forth, but here's a really cool thing is uh since I've kind of distanced, well, I've definitely distanced myself from my family. Um, they think I should have also stayed with <clears throat> my daughter's father till I was eight or till she was 18, no matter what, no matter how miserable or nope, <laughs> I couldn't do it. So I lost um, a yearly phone call that I used to get from my dad, no matter where I was. It would He would call me. Um, I could be on shift. I could be at home. But he would always call me and read me the night before Christmas. So now for the p- past two years, I wait for that phone call and never get it. So Your dad's mad
1: at you too, though?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, he, yeah. Um, I And I still don't understand it. He did actually send me a happy birthday message, which was very thoughtful, but I won't hear from him again. Well, he'll probably
1: get in a lot of heck. He talks to you. After this
2: show. Yeah. yeah
1: but uh either way um
2: Jarrett is uh, my recipient and uh him and his father which is my co-worker um they have taken over calling me and reading me the night before Christmas
0: So Aww. I want to cry <laughs> I had him so on nice. the show with you we yeah. back I want to hug you and I want to hug him that's so nice yeah I can't so imagine um, and and when you see uh Jarrett's mom she, mm-hmm. she must just be so eternally grateful. like how do you even express that? You've given yeah, her her son. that's incredible.
2: I haven't seen her in a while, like it's been a while i I see the dad quite often um but uh yeah, mm-hmm. it, it was a very grateful moment for everybody. Even his sister, like I got wonderful letters and messages and, and um, like little care packages, even though I got them all their own little care package had shirts made and everything. But uh, yeah, it's, uh, I still read, it actually took me, I think, two years to go through that basket and read the notes because I still wasn't emotionally ready to do it because it still gets to me that, you know, that was a part of, it was a part of my life that um, really means a lot. So but, uh,
0: yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and physically, how do you feel? Do you feel like you're, I mean, you gave 70% of your liver away. What was, like, how long did it take until you feel really good again? And going well, into it at your level of fitness probably really helped
2: so, a lot. Well, yeah, I was worried. I was told I couldn't work out for three months, and that stressed me out. <laughs> but, uh, I actually walked into the gym. I was in the hospital for eight days, and then I walked into the gym, um, two and a half weeks later but <laughs> what <laughs> i walked in, i didn't <laughs> run in. normally i would run there so i actually walked there um and uh i did my whole workout but i still did it with my restrictions and uh a few times i got a little woozy and i know i you know you can't lift a certain amount of weight and i didn't but i went to my what i was told i can do and uh yeah there was times where it sucked and the the you know, the recovery or the so-called pain from the incision. Um, But uh, your liver can take up to possibly three months to grow back. And uh, mine grew back in like four weeks. So
1: she eats very healthy, Joan. Wow. Incredible.
2: Now, do you have any
1: advice for our listeners who want to start giving back, but they don't know where to start? And are there any opportunities in Toronto that you can recommend? Or Joan, because Joan's all about giving back too my Um, thing is
0: always give back how you can when you can and whatever speaks to your heart that's my advice and you nadine
2: um you can always use dr google is wonderful (laughs) it can you know find out volunteer um, locations um there's the covenant house down in toronto um i donate to them on a monthly basis there's sick kids you can donate your time to uh, to there. You can buy a uh, a homeless person a meal, someone who who needs it, and just drop it right beside them so that they get a nice warm meal. Even just sit I've down. I've done
1: with that them. a few times. Yeah. I've um, actually driven down to too. Toronto uh, during the winter and handed out jackets. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've done that too. Good for you. Or yeah. there's a soup. Kitchen in Toronto, um, feed it forward as well. That I know about. Always looking for donations or people to volunteer, and it's also volunteering is a great way if you're single to meet people as well.
0: Yeah, I mean, for me, over the years, I've I've done things like opportunities that have presented themselves like my clothing brand with Walmart. We gave all the Mm -hmm. profits. I now have another clothing brand where I'm giving all the profits to various charities. And I like to look at things locally, nationally and internationally, but that's, that's just my approach. I think Laura, what you do in the dead of winter, get a bunch of coats and go take them to people that you see on the street. The other day there was a guy uh, in the sleeping on a a great, for warmth. And I went in and tucked a little bit of money in his shoe, like anything you can do, like, you know, like helping someone unload their groceries or holding the door open smile. That's huge smile. You don't realize what's going on in someone's brain, but if you can connect somehow with a smile, it really does make a difference in someone's life.
1: That's the end of our show. And we hope that our discussion with Nadine Young has inspired you to make positive changes in your life and in the lives of other people And remember, guys, it's never too late to start working on yourself, whether it's getting out of a toxic relationship, taking care of your mental health, embracing body positivity or giving back to your community. Okay, Nadine, where can people get a hold of you? They're going to want to Google you. They're going to want to get a hold of you. Where do they do that? Well, there's yeah, you can find me on Google. (laughs) I found you on Google. Just Google Nadine Young Ajax Firefighter
2: yeah there's there's Nadine Young Fitness there's Nadine Young Firefighter but yeah I'm on Instagram and Facebook and stuff I really don't know the handle for it but you can just type in my name and I'll (laughs) gladly uh, (laughs) yeah I'll be there my picture's there it could be me and my daughter or whatever but yeah we're there um and I'll like I'll gladly help anyone out that that you know has any questions or um I can direct them if if I can't help but all I can say is if, you know, we take the time to work on our heart and our body and all that kind of stuff to stay healthy, you need to make sure you take the time to make sure that your brain is healthy too, right? Because yes. it's still part of the process. And, and if you, like, if you don't and you are struggling, it could be a downward spiral and you want to get there before, you want to stop it before it gets there.
1: Joan, where can we get
0: a hold of you? Instagram is good at Joan Kelly Walker official.
1: Or my website is walker.com. <laughs> and you can find me <laughs> on Instagram, TikTok, and everywhere else. Official Laura Balata and check out singleinthcity.ca if you are single and looking for love. Bye, guys. See you next week.